With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Parks, um, you know, we know that what we want to want to find. We want leadership. You know, we want somebody who's going to bring the, the, rally the collective over the individual. We want somebody who's got vision, who can communicate, who's got a solid football foundation, who understands how football's interconnected and what that means. So that's been our focus in these last uh, few days, really honing in on what we want. In terms of specific names, we're going to meet after this, uh, after I get done with you you great people, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that further. Welcome into Purple Access, sponsored by, of course, our friends at Surly Brewing and also TCL Enjoy More with TCL TV. That was, in case you don't know, New Vikings GM, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, who was introduced today by the Vikings. Uh, I'm Judd Zolgad, Chip Scoggins, um, my former partner on the Viking beat at the Star Tribune, now columnist at the Star Tribune, all, as always on Purple Access, and EP Declan Goff. Um, all right, Chipper, so I watched the entire thing. You attended it. Give me your initial impressions of a new GM who called the assembled media, you <laughs> wonderful people, which is about as different from Rick Spielman and Zim as you could possibly get. You know how they say you always hire your opposites? It's true. They they hired the opposite. Um, no, I. you could not walk away from there and not be impressed with this guy's um, personality, demeanor, uh, the way he spoke, mm-hmm. uh, his no, lack of ego. That does not mean this is going to work. Right. Let's, let's be that up front. But you can see why the Wills and that search committee gravitated towards him and really liked uh, his personality. I mean, he's an impressive guy. I mean, he just is. And it's, um, it, you know, I liked his thoughtfulness. He's obviously incredibly bright. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get a whole lot of specifics, uh, specifically even. He wouldn't even go uh, down the road of whether he has final say on the 53, which he does. I mean, it's in his contract. I mean, he's the GM. He's going to have final 53, but final say. But, um, I, you know, I found it interesting that, Judd, they, based on everything that came out after uh, Spillman and Zimmer were fired, mm-hmm. and for us to – uh, see the level of dysfunction that was taking place inside that organization between GM, coach, coach, player, whatever. Uh, there are a lot of miserable people, I think, in that building. Oh, yeah. And they set out to find someone 
who's going to have a totally different regime, totally different voice, totally different way about going business. Um, and they found him. They found somebody that's, uh, that's I think is going to kind of take the consensus. Now, whether that works or not, right. You know, we'll find out. I mean, it is, I do find it, you know, I've gotten a couple emails or tweets saying, ah, this is going to be a disaster. Well, I'm glad we figured that out, solved that in the first 24 hours. So we can, I mean, how do you know? Right. I don't know if it's going to be good, bad, or indifferent. We have no idea. Let's give the guy more than five minutes to, to make a decision before we render and a verdict. Bo- and both ways. In both ways. Exactly I don't know right. if it's going to be a home run. Yeah. yeah. Why, why do we have, and, and I don't, I think it's because um, guys are polished now as far as what they bring to the table. And also every press conference like that is carried uh, by a team's uh, website on TV. But here's the one thing I don't get. And it's now become the common thing. And look, I am Mr. Race to Judgment. So I am not for one <laughs> second saying I'm not yeah. okay. But what is our need to try and pass any judgment at all off a of first press conference? I mean, Gerson Rosas was brilliant. He looked, his kids ran up to him and we're like, oh, that's going to be the guy. That's going to be the guy. And, and I'm with you. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that Cressy's um, going to fail. And I'm not saying he's going to be great. I don't think we know. And, and I do think the Vikings are, are taking an interesting approach here and a very interesting chance. But, you know, Derek Falvey, Rocco Baldelli, Chip, uh, yeah. Gerson Rosas, why do we need to be like the press conference meant everything? Yeah, because uh, because we're a society and uh, people love first impressions, right? Why? I don't know. That's a human existence. <laughs> I mean, you're right. We, we need a psychologist for that. Uh, we just love first first impressions, and that's why always you know everybody says make a good first impression because that's what people remember. And and um, listen, I think I've only been at one open coach or executive introductory press conference where they didn't win the press conference. You know where you've had it. It's 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 pretty easy for someone to make a great first impression in those situations because typically the person you got rid of you're either mad at or you didn't like or people were done with, and so the new person is right. always going to be the greatest thing ever. Um, but I'll say this. I mean, I walked away there impressed with this guy. I didn't walk away saying this is going to be a home run and this thing there would, you know, start mapping out the parade route. But I said, you know, at least I liked his approach. I liked it. Um, it just felt like a breath of fresh air, to be honest with you. Um, considering, you know, the personalities that we've had there. Um, and that's my thing is like, this is, you know, really outside the box hire because this is, is this the first analytics guy? And we can talk about the analytics and all that, but the non-scout traditional to become a GM in the NFL. I think the Browns. I've heard tried, different things. I think yeah. the Browns tried this um, initially. I, I want to say in 2016 with was it? Um, oh, what what was his name? I wrote about him uh, last night. A Brown. Yeah. Qua, um. But anyway, yeah. anyway, the Browns tried the Browns basically tried to lift the baseball approach and it didn't work. Um and, and so they, they hired I Sashi believe it was Brown. John Sashi Sa- Brown. Yeah, yeah. Sashi Brown. And so the Browns then fired him and went to John Dorsey, who had been a big time scout with the Packers, and then went the to Packers, the Chiefs. Yeah. And now the Browns are back to basically a front office that I don't think brags about it, but embraces this. So Yo, for it's sure, not the yeah. first, but I'm with you. It's a it, it's a gamble, and it's really intriguing. And and the thing that to me is like, okay, you tried the old model for years, 
Yeah. And it got you mediocrity. So why don't you try something fresh and different? I mean, yep. yes, it's, it's, it's there. I think there's a high risk reward here. And what to say, yeah, ah, you got to get a football guy because this guy, you know, you got to get a football guy. It's like, well, why? Yeah, mean, you, you, you had a football guy and you, and you hated it. <laughs> Everybody right. hated that football. Right. So, and you moved on. So why not try something different? So I, I, you know, I, Going into this, when I saw the two finals, I would have taken the football guy, Ryan Poles. I just would have probably. That's my own bias, just because he's he'd come up through the. Me too. But I, I but I'm not going to sit here and say because they have a guy who's never been a scout saying, "Well, this this can't work. This is you know why." I mean, I, I don't understand why we feel like it has to be a certain way. You know, I think because we're tied to beliefs about how things should run and as much as we try and divorce ourselves and say oh no i'm i'm open to change when change actually comes we're like that's not a good idea i was the change. same way i was um, the same, Judd, i was the same way i said i said polls had the safer resume because he yep. came up through the scouting so i'm, I'm probably you know uh be a little bit hypocritical polls also intrigued you i or at least in my case because of his experience with that franchise in particular the franchise yes the yes. hand that that he uh that i read that he at least had in the mahomes drafting which was not Correct. the slam dunk it now appears to be and so i also was intrigued by the fact that he could bring knowledge of success um i'm not sure that this is the case with this one i honestly think the ceiling on this move is incredibly high. Like it could be great. Yeah. I also think the floor is huge as well. It could be a disaster, but I just have no clue. I just wish we wouldn't get so false. So in love with, well, he made a good impression to your point after Spielman and Zim, you could have brought up any number of folks who, Oh yeah, they're, they're great because they're, you're right. They're not Rick and they're not Mike. And we were flat out for the most part, tired of Rick and Mike. Yeah, and, and and just their style and the way they delivered it, and it, it you know, it felt so standoffish and and everything that it just felt like you had a normal human conversation within the day yes. and after the press. Wonderful people, he called you wonderful. Yeah, and I we mean, had I know a, we you. Had a, you ain't wonderful, but that's ain't wonderful. No, I'm a I'm a person. I'm wonderful. No, and we had an off the record thing with him afterwards after the press conference with some of the media members where it's just kind of get to know each other, and and it was nice to just have a conversation like where are you from what you know those types of things and it's like does that mean he's gonna get a free pass no is he gonna get criticized absolutely and and so it it still comes down to what are you gonna do with cousins what can you find and develop a franchise quarterback how are you going to manage the salary cap and i mean those are the things and let's be honest who he picks his head coach is probably going to be is going to you know if they pick if he picks somebody that's unpopular people are going to think this is the first time he's going to get criticized, right? Right. So not asking for specific names, but what is your feeling about the direction that they should go with the choice of uh, Mike's replacement head coach? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, I don't care offense, defense. And I know we're seeing in the, in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Or the final four, you know, the final four are all uh, offense. Offensive guys. Yes, sir. Is that coincidence or is that the way you should be looking? Um, I don't know. I, you know. I think ideally you have an offensive guy because that's the way the league is going. But I don't think it's a if – you, if you find a guy who's the right leader, if you, you think D'Amico Ryans is this unbelievable leader, he's the next Mike Tomlin. Yes. Find a good offensive coordinator. 
you know, tell him to go get the best offense coordinator you can and, and just, you know, entrust that person. So I, I don't think it has to be this one thing. Um, but I think to me, it's more about, and just, you know, it kind of resonated listening to Eric Kendricks and uh, Brian O'Neill talk and other things you've heard. Um, they need to find not a best friend, but somebody has more leadership in terms of, um, yes, not just the way, trying to think of the right way to say it, just to bring the best out of guys and not have them always on eggshells. Does that make sense? Yes. Because I a felt part- like last, yes. last couple of years, I felt like guys were on eggshells. Whenever Zim got mad or tight, the, the temperature in that, I always, people tell you like, you could tell when Zim was grumpy because the temperature inside that building was hot, you know, and I just don't know that that's the best way to get a team, the best out of a team. Yeah. And I, I don't understand. And it, it's quite apparent that it's a regular occurrence. So I guess it's something I just don't get. I, I don't understand why a coach is allowed to dictate the mood of the building. I get the locker room, but the building, it's like, oh man, Zim's mad today. It's like, so who can't, I, like the will should go to tell him, sit down, shut up and don't be a grouch. Um, why are you allowing him to dictate the, the entire mood around a building? Uh, the players players are in a little bit more of a precarious position. But, yeah. um, but I, you know what, Chipper, too? I think the reality of what was said today is this. The changes have just started, but there's a lot more to come. Like they're in terms gonna, of what? In terms of what? Like In terms of players? In, in terms of guys? Front who, office, who, you mean? Or just? Well, no, I, no. I'm saying the changes, I think he's going to go through the locker room and trim a lot of guys out. Some fair, some perhaps not fair. I also think if we're talking about the level of um, of uh, collaboration that <laughs> they are, you're going to have some people who have been there a long time who probably are gone uh, as far as uh, scouts go, as far as because this guy is. I think it's very clear this guy is smart enough to know what he doesn't know. And the most dangerous people are those who come along, and we've all seen these people, right? I've got the answers. And then, like, after two times, you're like, you're an idiot. Um, Those people are going to have to be gone, and you are going to basically have to build um, an infrastructure there as far as the scouting department goes as well, as far as football ops go where you are comfortable that everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing as opposed to, Hey dude, you're new. I've got, I've got this one. It's like, no, you don't have this one. Yeah. And it'll be a, a gradual process because it's not something you come in and do in two weeks Correct. And, and you're, and you're into the correct, the off season cycle where you're scout. So you're not going to do it this year, probably by and large, it's not going to be the draft. Over, you're not, you're right. No, no. So it'll be over the course of the year. And there'll be some guys that just say, you know what, this isn't for me. I, right. I'm from a different, you know, and there'll be some people that they decide, and eh, this person's not on board with what we're doing. So I, I think there'll be, yeah, I agree. Uh, I just, feel, this feels like a, such a radical departure from that organization and what we've seen and how they've been run mm-hmm. that I think it's probably good. You turn over yes. uh, some personnel and it, I mean, I hate to say, you know, it's easy Great. for me to say, people lose their job, but it's, it's, it's probably necessary, right? Mm-hmm. Just kind of a fresh start all the way through. And it, I mean, that's not, that's, I mean, there's some of the roster, there's nothing, you can't get 53 new players, you know, so you're, sure. uh, uh, but they'll, um, but I think just 
and what they're building. And and we saw it with with like uh, when Falvey came in, I'm probably with the Timberwolves too. That you build out different departments as you see, like, hey, we need more of this. Mm-hmm. We need, you know. So I think that I think that organization is going to go uh, undergo a pretty significant makeover, like this time next year or this time next summer. I think there's going to be a lot of new faces and probably, uh, you know, just departments that, uh, you know, go through a lot of different personnel, honestly. I think the example, uh, the best example to use, and it's not just a complete um, parallel, but it's going to be similar in the decisions because I think this guy's smart. He's going to take time. Like he's going to evaluate mm-hmm. people. I, I think he's probably go- going to give a lot of people at least a, a year. Uh, but I think what Bill Guerin did, because Bill Guerin gave that some time and then he hit the button. And when he hit the button, a lot of people went. Um, and I think that's what you're going to see here, which is a guy who's patient, a guy who's smart, uh, but you can't be a person who suffers fools. And so at some point in time, you say, you know what? I've seen enough now. It's go time. And I think that's I think that's where we see um pretty quick changes, but it's going to be a it's gonna be gradual to get there, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's interesting because he clearly has uh either before or right now a strong relationship with Andrew Miller, the the is he the CEO or whatever his title is. CEO, uh, yes. CEO and from a baseball and, background. From a baseball background, and Miller's been there. Is this his third year, second, uh, second or third year. Kevin Warren left. So I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, well, this is Kevin's. Did he go a full year without? Uh, yes, they did. I, I, it's second, two or three, but he's still relatively new there. Mm-hmm. But he's been there long enough to have some ideas of what's gone wrong and what needs to be fixed, and in and, and kind of keeping score, probably either privately or whatever. So he, I'm guessing he's going to have a big impact on, impact on how that process goes to yes and a lot of people um quietly behind the scenes i think have departed from the business side and so right. the, this is going to get and, and i mean the thing is is when kevin was here kevin warren always fancied himself a football guy mm-hmm. um andrew i came came here from a baseball background i definitely don't think that he fancied himself a football guy but this move is going to get him more in into the football ops so it's going to be a very interesting time now to to see how how um power potentially shifts, how decisions change. Like this is going to be if if nothing else, one of the most interesting Minnesota sports experiments. Well, it, it let's you know, you mentioned it scouting. Well, do you keep the same scouting structure, the same heads, you know, scouting people over the long term? No, you do right now. Right. But um you know, I know Rick Spielman picked the players, but he he took the advice of his scouts, and if it's a really bad draft, Judd, I mean, they just have and, and didn't find a quarterback. No, and no. so that that you do wonder. That's the one area where you wonder. Uh, in a year or so, once he's had time to evaluate and talk to people, if they say, you know what, we need to kind of shake up that department and look at and look at scouting in a different way. Chip Scoggins, there's one thing that that you and I both look at in the same way and that is our relationship with the best ipa in the entire state heck i call it the world surly furious ipa um the great thing chipper is is when it comes to coaches when it comes to gms their searches 
But I know for us, when it comes to our choice of a beverage on a Friday night, there's no choice, correct? I found in a place that you can buy in bulk, the 12-packs. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. It it was money. It was money. Oh, you're so happy. (laughs) It's a honey hole. You're not going to release where it is. You can't. You can't tell people. It's the 12-packs, buddy. Oh, God. He brought home a couple 12-packs. So I'm good. I'm stocked up. I'm good. I'm ready for uh, championship Sunday. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, hey, on the coaching front, too, so I, I've thought about this as well, because I agree with you on if the person can lead and is dynamic, the side of the football on which he coaches shouldn't be held against him. But I will say this, the more I think about this one, because I'm con- I'm pretty convinced Kirk Cousins is gone. Um, he certainly, if he's not gone in 2022, will not be retained after that. Mm-hmm. I don't see any way that they sign him to an extension. So that being said, the one thing I'm a coach that I'm curious about is, You've got to think that with all we've talked about, uh, collaboration, working together, all of that good stuff, Chip, that the coach and the GM are going to be charged with, as a team, finding the QB. Because the fatal flaw with Kirk was Rick said, I got I got your quarterback, Mike. And Mike's like, I don't want that quarterback at, at that price. Yeah. So I, I guess the one thing I'm curious about is if they would go with an, with an offensive coach Based on that fact, because I don't know if you would trust a defensive guy to ID a quarterback, and I'm pretty certain that the goal here is going to be in the next couple of years at least to draft one, uh, have that guy step into a starting role, and then get all of that valuable cap space back because you've got a young quarterback. Yeah, and it's part because you just look at – I mean, if you watch like that, the Chiefs and Bills game, and like – Marvel. You know, or even, you know, like Herbert or, you know, just some of these or young Stafford. guys. Or, yeah. With- you need that relationship between the coach and, and quarterback. You can't go through what they just went through. I mean, this that was a joke. That was ridiculous where there was no relationship. And so can a defensive guy have that relationship with the head coach? I think, or with the quarterback? I think so. Sure. But, but if you're an organization that has for years, decades struggled to find a guy that you could say, here's our guy for the next 10 years. Would it be better to have the offense offensive mind head coach? So he's picking it and really has that expertise probably. Right. But again, to me, it goes back to find the best leader. That's going to get the most out of your locker room. And if he happens to be a defensive guy, ask that guy who he's going to hire as his offense coordinator and make sure you're, you're good with that. I, I just don't think you can pigeon pigeonhole we got to be an offensive guy and let a guy who you feel really strongly about, who's a great leader, just not passing by because you, you, you say, well, we got to have an offensive guy because that's what everybody expects us to do. Right. Cause that, that has to be at the top of, of Quazy's list, right? Privately find a quarterback. Like I know that there's yes, a lot of yeah. things, but I, I have to think that the Wilfs in, in a private, um, session with him at one point said okay here's the deal you know rick was here a long long time and he literally never found one um kirk is statistically good but i'm saying as far as a quarterback that can get you to a super bowl well if if i'm the wills within a half hour of that interview starting i have to ask him like what would you do with cousins and how are you going to get us out of this situation because it's like you know what that decision is going to affect you for the next five to 10 years. Yes. 
Um, because you have to know, okay, trade him this year, let him play it out, extend him, which I don't think they should do. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on Kellen Mond? If you think he's the guy, or do you just say, you know what, he doesn't fit what I want. I'm going to have to draft a guy this year or next year. And so these, I mean, that, yeah, you get, you get through all the collaboration and, yep. you know, working together and all that. Well, let's get down to meat and potatoes. Like, what are you going to do about this quarterback situation? That, amen, brother. That's exactly what I, yeah, yes. Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about football decisions. I don't care how you get there. Like you can make yeah. them br- bring in crowdsource. I don't give a crap, but what is your decision going to be? And, and like, yes. do, do you, do you have the ability to do the one thing that I think the last, I really think the last person in this town who coached or was in charge of the Vikings who had an eye for QB play was Denny. Um, Brad thought he did, but he really didn't. And and again, he, he went the route of, well, screw it. I'm going to go get Brett Favre. Uh, but it has been a long time since I would say that there's been anybody uh, either at Winter Park or now TCO who I would trust to, you know, say, okay, you can go find a quarterback. And here's the thing, Judd. That is not a decision you can just ease into. I mean, hell, you got to have a – or heck, sorry, you got to have a plan Hell's here fine. pretty quick. Hell's good. Yeah. Okay, hell, you gotta have a you gotta have a, a plan here pretty quick. Yes. Right? I mean, if yes. you're gonna try to trade him, you need to start having those conversations like today. Or yes. you know, when's the when so I mean March. Well, yeah, I mean, but you gotta start with, yeah. with your coach. Well you obviously with your coach. But Chipper, there's only one phone call. There's only one phone call you start with. Cleveland, Ohio area code. You yeah. call your old You know team, those guys, yeah. You know them, and and guess what? I think that Stefanski. I think Stefanski can't stand Baker, and I think that Stefanski probably thinks – I had success with Kirk. Kirk is an improvement on Baker, and Kirk was so mistreated by Mike that he'll be fine with me. My personal contention is Kirk will, will never get to a Super Bowl. But all that being said, I think your first phone call in trying to move Kirk is to your old team, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and they have the offensive line. They have the mm-hmm. you know running game, the things that are conducive to, to – drawn his uh for him to be at his best so yeah so that's that's the thing it's like yeah there's going to be a, a, a feeling out process with with him with uh figuring out like you know this department that department collaboration and all this but when it comes to personnel i mean hey daniel hunter is due a pretty big bonus here pretty soon right yes, yes. <laughs> you're gonna pay it i think what i mean so that, like it's gonna come Fast and furious, like the personnel decisions, because heck, we're almost in April or uh, February now, and so this is not. That's the thing; is like he has to hit the ground running with the, with the roster part, right? So if, if we actually explore that path too, Chipper, if you go down the path of how we think that he's going to see this this roster, I think his background would lead us to believe this: the Vikings are going to make decisions not just based on the players themselves, but the positions which they play, right? So I think mm-hmm. Daniel, I think they're, I think they're going to try and keep him because he plays a premium spot. He's been hurt, um, but I you don't. Have to. You have to, but you don't. You let, to. But that being said, safeties disposable, yeah, very disposable. Linebackers more disposable. Running backs incredibly disposable. So, so my point is, if I, I was to try to handicap what is going to be done in the coming months, I think Hunter has the best chance of staying. But I think Smith is probably gone. 
Um, I think Kendricks might be gone. Dalvin's such a, a unique talent, but and I don't think he's gone. I'm not sure there. And the guy who has to take a pay cut for sure, Thielen. Yeah, yeah. Like I think he'll stay with a substantial, but they're going to cut his pay significantly. Or yeah, I mean, he he's seems probably like the, gone. Yeah, he seems like the obvious one, and, and I can see him because of you know everybody knows the relationship and all. I can see him doing it. But yeah, I mean, there's. Um, it's funny. He was Quasi uh, said he as soon as he got done with the press conference, he's going to start calling these players, and and that's all well and good. But um, when you're the GM and you're having to cut salaries and got to be a shark right you can be nice about it but this is still a cutthroat business and you're going to ask guys to take pay cuts and you're going to tell guys you're getting cut and so um there's not a lot of collaboration in that right i mean there's there's a there's a ruthlessness and and i think he probably has seen it he talked about um when he was in cleveland uh barry gave him some of those responsibilities because he what he said in his press conference he didn't want the first time he had to do that is when he was GM. Right. So, hey, you hey, have you to cut, cut this, this player today. You cut yeah. this guy. Yeah. So it's not the first time he's done it or, yeah. or what or contract negotiation. So it's not like he's never done this stuff, but it's um, it's your team now, you know, yes. and this is part of it. And so that roster, when you're, what is it, 11 million over the cap? Yes. And 11 plus. If you can't figure out the quarterback thing right now, you got to shed salary somewhere. One more thing. What do you think about this one, Chipper? Um, because, and, and he mentioned this, and, and I think fans don't like this, and I, I know that it took forever for the Sixers in the NBA to get this right, but it's the old, it's the process, not the results, okay? Yeah. That is, that is, that is, trust the process came from that. What do you think about a purge for 22? Now, now I would call in a guy like, Jefferson and say we're going to get good by doing this but yeah. a purge for 22 if if you like a quarterback in April you draft him but I think the 23 quarterback class is superior to this one Correct. um and so you bring in a bit so you you trade Kirk you go with a bridge QB who might be okay not great and it's not that you purposely tank because I think football is impossible to purposely tank but you sure. don't care but you don't care um and the greater good is it gets you a better draft pick and it also allows you to firmly reset the culture and how the team works yeah i mean you look at cincinnati what's happened when they got joe burrow and if if jefferson needed any uh uh reassurance you could talk to uh chase right uh bingles wider saver and See if That's he's happy funny. with Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and vice versa with Joe Burrow. And, 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 yeah. So, well, that's the thing is, is just, I mean, um, I just don't, I don't know anything about Kellamon. I don't. I mean, you hear different things behind the scenes, but right. Percentage wise, if you're going to find your next your quarterback for the next ten years, he's going to have to be a first rounder and a high first rounder, right? Yes. We all know the Tom Brady and all those examples. It, it does happen, but okay. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of been their thing is like they've been in that that gray area where like the wild always was, right? They were good enough to get be considered a fringe, but not good enough to get that top pick that would put you over the edge. And so, well, I do think if if you trade Cousins, um, 
you would have to have a bridge quarterback, but if you went with Mond, you're probably going to be in that in that spot, right? I mean, you're not going to be. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think. Of I that. would think. I would think. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe you might luck out and get a Case Keenum type thing, and you know, a guy plays performs better than what you expected. But I wouldn't be. Listen, they've got to, they've got to solve that. They absolutely have to solve that position. I mean, because you, you you're not going to go forward very far until you get the guy. Correct. Until you get your guy. I mean, that's. I don't know. There's any other way to say it. They have to fix. They have to solve that. Yes, and I don't think that it has to be. Oh my God, we got to draft a quarterback in in April. I think it's going to be far more calculated. And again, if you like a guy, that's fine, Chip. But if you don't, twenty three sounds like a pretty solid QB draft. And yes. so I think there's going to be a level of patience here that Rick and Mike didn't have. Um, and and I also think. So I don't think teams can purposely in this sport tank. Like I don't, you can't, you can't just be like, we're just going to lose games on purpose. But, but with, with how things are going to become in, in some ways, almost mathematically quantifiable, I do think Mm. you could put yourself in a position to not be good. If that sounds fair. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I just think it's going to be, I, I think what we're being fed by Mark Wilf about, you know, I expect to be what super competitive in 2022. I, that's all well and good, but if this guy's a smart as I think he is, I think there's going to be some cold calculated decisions made privately that are going to become obvious eventually. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to hear the perceptions on this roster, because I think too much of the time, me, if fans, whatever, get consumed with the top five, Jefferson, Dalvin, Harrison, that we don't look at the 53. And I did this the other day. Correct. They go, they got Justin Jefferson. They're not going to be terrible. Um, I went through their too deep on, on defense and I was, I, I was looking at, it, I was like, okay, four years from now, based on age, performance, contract, how many of these guys would I guess are going to be core contributors? Yep. I thought, well, I think Daniil figured out. Daniil should. Then I looked at it. I was like, man, like they don't have the 22 to 26 year old guy over there. Yeah. Or guys that, yeah. that are like, okay, this guy's going to be, you know, he's going to be part of the long term. They, they just don't have it. And so th- that roster needs a major turnover. And he, especially the defense needs a major influx of young talent. Yes. Before, so before Zim started to absolutely um, detest the sight of, of you guys, not me, at press uh, conferences <laughs> in training camp, he was actually insightfully pissed off. And do you recall, he gave a quote, it might have been, I forget if it was at a press conference or it was like to just Joe Schmidt. But anyway, Mike gave a quote about like after the 26th guy on this roster, I don't feel good about this. Yeah. That's a massive indictment. Like that is, he basically said from 27 on down to 53, I don't like this team. Um, and now that's a problem. That's a problem. It's a Bush league thing to say, but it's also incredibly insightful. And I don't think he was, was inaccurate. So like, you're exactly right. The two deep scares you and there's not a lot to develop from that. No, I mean, and and, and his 26 are all veteran guys, Harrison. Yep. Yes. Kendricks. I mean, bar. You saw bar in that group. Yes. Patrick Peterson. I mean, it's, it's all older guys. It's like, I just looked at it. I was like, I don't even know four years from now who's going to be on that defense that you think. Oh, yeah. I go across the line. Daniil, linebacker, like K 
Kendricks four years from now? Do you think Harrison Smith? Does Dantzler no. make it? Like, does Dantzler develop? Like, would you say he's a slam dunk? No, I wouldn't. I mean, Cameron Bynum? I'm glad he was a first-round pick who, who you, you had to cut. Jeff well, people Biden, say, like, you know? yeah, and, and somebody mentioned me, like, DJ Wanham. Like, is, that's what you're hanging your hat on? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <Come> again? <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, there's just no slam dunks. Um, and so that's where I think, you know, yeah, we can get enamored with Justin Jefferson and Dalvin and the, and the individual stars at the top. But when you look at the total 53, that's a great point. Uh, they have a lot of work to do um, to, to fix and kind of replenish because it's top heavy. We've said it all along. This, this roster is top heavy. Chip Scoggins, great stuff. In fact, you know what? Cheers. Cheers <laughs> to you, my friend. Enjoy your surly furious IPA. Cause I know I will. I'll, I'll talk to you next week. All right, brother. We'll see Talk you. to you. Bye.